my podcast listeners, welcome to another installment of the Dom of X here at Masad. Always, Mr. Dylan. I'm, I'm Professor Dom. You already know that. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing great. This was a really fun read, and you were right. <clears throat> you told me before reading this, you said, Dylan, you're going to want to read this because it has a ton of armor content, and you were not kidding. It's some of the best armor content I've read. I mean, even better than Whedon. There, I said it. Guys, again, I want to let you know, I want to let you, all of you listeners know that we, again, have our podcast email up at domovexpodcast at gmail.com, guys. That's domovexpodcast at gmail.com. Comments, questions are always appreciated. And we'll, we'll st- once we're done with this Dawn of X stuff and, and this Tenosaur stuff, which is almost there, guys, believe me, like we're almost there uh, to the end of this part of the uh, X-Men of, of Hickman's era we will get to you guys if you guys send stuff in. We promise we'll get to you. Uh, and and again, if you guys yes. have questions, me and Dylan, Dylan and I are always, always appreciative of it. And, and we'll be happy to answer it. It's just as simple as that. Yes, I can't. And, you know, just send us the fan mail. Send us the hate mail. All of it. We want all of it, please. We want all of it, guys, indeed. And and today we're going to take another break from the Ten of Swords stuff because... You know, as as the war against the, both of the islands continues on, we need to track over the new mutants that didn't go into space, the ones that are on Earth doing their own different things. They're not doing stuff with the Shi'ar Empire. They're not doing stuff with Cyclops. They're not doing stuff with magic. We have a whole brand new, not brand new, but we have a different cast of of mutants here uh, that we're we're trying to lay it on and give you guys the the updates on on what they're doing for the island of Krakoa. I know because it would when when I read the the arc, I was like, this is cool. These are cool new mutants, but like, where's Boom Boom? Where's Armor? You know what I'm saying? Where what what where where are they at? What when when can I get some of that action? And Dom said, oh, don't worry, we're gonna cover it. We're gonna cover it. And and speaking of covering. Uh, the, all the creators uh, for the New Mutants issues 3 through 4, 6, and 8 through 12 will be covered in this episode. Uh, story by Ed Brisson, uh, the art by Flaviano Arventaro, and Marco Fila, uh, colors by Carlos Lopez, Travis Lanham on the lettering, Tom Mueller on interior and exterior design, and as always, Jordan D. White on the senior edits, as per usual. So, we start off, right? We we got, you know, yeah, let's just introduce to the cast here. Why do you like Armor so much? Because she is a not a fundamental I would say she is one of the, the the people who are on earth who are cleaning up not cleaning cleaning up the mess for Krakoa uh, on the planet instead of in space like like I said earlier. Yeah. Um why do I like Armor? Uh maybe because she can make gigantic armor out of her psychonic armor. How she's strong, intelligent, and even like when she was super young, uh, reading her, she was still just such a leader and like being groomed to be a leader. And I, I just, I love it whenever she's in the forefront, you know? That's it. I, I completely agree. And I love, I love her skill set and, and her power suit and all, all of that stuff. Like she's got, she's got sweet powers. Like I love that orish pink. Like it just looks so, just looks, like really, I don't know. It looks really cool, and I've always found that aspect of him intriguing, or at least the the mutant gifts uh, that, that you know we've all that they've all been given, and it's really cool. And I like, I actually also like the intro that that she's given here because we 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 immediately get into a story, a three issue story, I should say, where she and a couple of other mutants are teaming up because. One of theirs is missing, and they're here. They're here to recruit him. They're here to recruit him back onto Paradise, as we all should say in the trade. That's right. That's right. You know, and the the main thing that you have to remember is that they're still young. You know, I mean, granted, in the long scheme of things, they're they're you know kind of in their early twenties and stuff like that. But still, in comparison to everyone else, that's like high ranking on Krakoa, that's going off on quote unquote adventures. They're still pretty young, you know? They're still yeah. learning how to not just be mutants, but just to be, you know, a functioning members of Krakoa and the world for that matter. Right. And so, again, so you have 
Cyclops was doing his own thing with his family and Wolverine and on X Force and, and doing his own little adventures. You know, you got your old, older, former X Men Krakoans doing their own thing, like like you said, and and what they're doing on on the island. And they've been there. They've been through the wars. They've been through wreckage. They've been through deaths. Some of these newer people, they haven't gone through as much because they're younger. Like like you said, they're considerably younger. Uh, they've and all of them, I, I do believe, except for I think the two, Manon and Maxine, which we'll meet in later, they're all in their early adulthood. They're you know, late late tens, late teens, early twenties. They haven't gone through as much, and so it's just interesting. And part of why I like this stuff is it's it's cool to see how their experiences are like compared to again someone of the vestige of Nightcrawler or Storm or Emma Frost or Kate, Kate Pride. It's it's a nice experience to have. Yeah, and I really like the angle that, like, they kind of, right off the bat with it, like, Armor's like, who hasn't come here? Like, we're missing people, let's find out who, and let's get them here. There's obviously a reason why they're not here, and it can't just be because they're upset about it and they don't want to come to Krakoa. No, they could be held hostage, they could be, they could be upset with Xavier. They, they want to know why, especially their friends, why. And I kind of like the idea the Marauders are going and helping refugee mutants, and they're helping people, mutants that have like a little different problems on getting to Krakoa. Right, and it's, again, different angles and different books require different settings, and the take that Briston has on here, when, you, again, you have people who, have, uh, who either haven't heard of the Paradise and want to get them on there, or have heard of it, but they don't know what's happening... I really love that that first scene where with Armor and Sage, and again, I love the interconnectivity of all these books, is that while Sage is doing export, she's also monitoring the, the, the transmissions uh, between all the gates and making sure that everything's functioning on the island. And the, the two of them talking about, yo, who's not on here? Let's, let's, let's try to get him back. That is, it's really good dialogue. It's really good stuff. It is, it is. And just the annoyance from Sage, like, yeah, no, it's cool. I'm not busy, like, you know, running the mutant CIA, but it's cool. I can help you with your little search bar stuff, you know? And yeah. right, and then Beak. Beak was a really interesting character I was not expecting to see, um, like, right off the bat. Oh, man. It's crazy. Right? Yeah, it's crazy because Beak, as if you guys didn't know, Beak is one of the Morrisonian mutants that that grant created during the new x-men run and and he like beak's got a weird design like he's he's like an ostrich is it's, it's weird because i'm looking at it and again uh, who hasn't i'm he's a, he's a, he, he's like a bird like type of mutant and he's over here and he's doing his own thing i didn't expect him at all to like appear in it. it's like okay so if the I was getting parrot vibes. I like how you said ostrich, but I was getting parrot vibes from parrot, huh? Interesting. You know, I can see it. It, it. It's probably, you know, you know what it is. I'm probably getting the ostrich because ostriches, and this is from someone who's like been near one like up closely. They're big, like they're really big. And considering that beak is like a, a like he has some sort of humanoid form, he's sort of. Sort of like that. I don't. I don't know how you explain it, man. But yeah, he's. I can see the parrot in him, though. Like I'm. I'm looking at Beak right yeah. now, and it's like, oh, I get what you're saying. All right. Yeah, you want to give him a cracker, right? But a, another kind of design that he kind of reminded me of. Um, who is the bird fish guy from the Green Lantern Corps? You know who I'm talking about. He kind of had that kind of vibe with him too. I know who you're talking about. But because there are just so many Green Lanterns, I, I his name so many. His name's so much. You guys at us today on when you're hearing this post, please add us. Let us know. We want to know the name. I know we can Google it, but it's much more fun when you guys do it and tell us. You know. I yep, I completely agree. We got yeah, yeah. So and she and he's married. Beak is married. Like he's full on married and has six kids. Six. Mutant mutants, as I like to call them, you know, because they're like a mixture of the two parents. And I have to admit, I I wasn't familiar with Beak's wife. So, as let's let's have the let's have the rain and talk with the prof so Angel Salvador is also a Grant Morrisonian creation. Uh, uh, Beak and her have had a thing for uh, the biggest time, and they they made a family. 
at some time, I believe, after special class and, and all of that stuff and the exiles, uh, they decided to have their own little miniature family, which was which is pretty cool. And they're both mutants. They both are not human. And as, again, as Krakoa, you're supposed to invite everyone. And if you have a full mutant family... Why not just pack your bags over from the United States over to Krakoa where, you, again, you won't be persecuted, you won't be ridiculed, you won't be under all of this distress and all that onto the island. It's as simple as that. Yeah, uh, and I, I love the whole angle, too. Like, why didn't he come? Why didn't they go? Was it because they weren't... It wasn't like they couldn't get there. It wasn't like they were being... Uh, you know, the, the, their gates were guarded by people. No, they couldn't go because he needed to make sure that his father was okay. You know, he was taking care of the family, his family, you know, because they were, his parents were, you know, so good to him, getting him, like, they never hated him for being a mutant and looking like, you know, like a freaking parrot ostrich. Um, but he wanted, I, I he wanted to take care of them. He wanted to Make sure that they're all right before they can leave to Krakoa and be in paradise. Because how can they enjoy paradise knowing that the father and mother are suffering? Right, and and again, you got all of these different or humans because they're not allowed on Krakoa. Making sure that, and I, again, I love the I love the fact when Armor brings her new mutant squad over. I, I like that they had a heart to heart. Uh, let's make sure that your your dad is doing okay and the family is doing all right. Again, it's character moments like this in the Dawn of X stuff where you look at it and say, okay, let's give some, some of these guys to breathe and, and just to be themselves. And when, again, the, when the, when the reuni when your reunification comes and, and the comfort and, and armor making sure that uh, the Bohusks were okay, I was pleased by it. I was like, all right, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and I remember thinking, like, this is so wholesome, this is so nice, it's it's good to see X-Men's story where they're just helping someone, and there's no conflict at all, everything's going great, what could possibly go wrong, right? Um, you know, just a anti-mutant group, a, a cartel, just, just runs them over, they get outside the house, and it's like, oh, alright then. What more can you want, right? It, it, it's, all, it's always gonna be those darn anti-mutant human fools that's got to ruin everything am i right <laughs> right no totally totally and they come in because I, with these guys you know I, I i did feel some robin hood vibes with them a little bit obviously you know they like you you start off they're like look our country had a has a very bad virus that came out that and millions of people are sick and we're losing thousands and tens of thousands all the time. And we just want to be able to cure them, but we can't. And you guys can. And they're like, okay, well, why didn't you just have your government work with them? Oh, we don't No, We just want the, we want the money. Like, no, no, no. Like we want to help people, but we want money. We want to control it. I'm like, ah, you had me for a second. You had me. And then boom. Nope. Dirtbag cartel guys. Yep. It's, it's a, trashy scumbag cartel and again it's it's nothing that we haven't seen before because again anti-mutant people have, have sprung up since the creation of the x-men but it is just well for one we got some pretty cool armor action going on and by action i mean she tries to stop him but you got a kaboom and you know she just got and and again like they're they're being held there at the front because you know they got six mutant kids and now they're being all held hostage some pretty high octane stuff. You even got uh, Manon, who's or Maxime, I should say, who's one of the two twins that we saw, or the two white mutant twins, if you want to call them, in this issue. Saying, I guess this is why they send Wolverine in first and not us. <laughs> That's right, because there's always an issue. There's always a problem, and I, I have to say, I have a note for the first time reading any of this Hickman Hickman era uh, X Men stuff. I don't like that a cartel, a random cartel from Central America can get a hold of mutant-powered uh, disruption tech. Like, that's a little too easy. You know what I mean? Like, 
I like a little bit more conflict. Like, it works very well with the narrative and everything, but this is just me thinking, like, I, I just, it's a little bit unbelievable that it's so easily, easy for people to just get a hold of some power disruptors, right? What, and they, not just, like, the, the, the bombs, you know? They had straight-up callers and everything. Right, and they, and so they have all this different tech, and... And you you think about it, right? And how big the scope of Hickman X Men is. Like you look at the regular X Men run. Like we already got Orcus and a bunch of other like big threats coming. To, like we got the Brood in. Uh, again, not not relegated to the mutant drug uh, shipping, uh, all of that, but still big enough in terms of just the overall threat. You got Marauders, where their whole literal shtick is trying to deal under the table. And you'd think with someone like Sebastian Shaw or Emma Frost or those type of people where they where they can be ruthless, ruthless in terms of negotiating that it'd be a little harder for humans to get these sort of things. Uh, but, hey, like, you know, what can you do, right? I think for, especially for a new mutant story and again, for, uh, so for these characters who haven't, again, have as, had as much experience as some of those other players in the field, I guess it makes sense, it, but yeah, it is. I guess it is something. To yeah, it's know not. Over. It's not too crazy of a thought. It's definitely not too crazy of a thought. I and uh, knowing Hickman and the way that he runs everything, maybe and this might come up later. Like there is, you know, mutant hate groups spreading around these anti mutant dis, uh, mutant power disruptors. You know what I mean? Like, and if if it's because it, it has to be specifically for mutants, like they don't have something that could. Um, take out Thor or, you know, something like that. Like, it's very specific to mutants because it's a little bit more based in, like, their genetics and all that kind of stuff and yada, yada, yada. Like, but there needs to be... I just I just think, personally, that there just needs to be a little bit of, of some sort of exposition or, or some sort of organization that's going around spreading these weapons around, making them so uh, readily available for big, high-end players in the world. You know, obviously, cartels are, are you know, they're... They're selling drugs. They're they're running drugs. They they got crazy amounts of money. So it's not a crazy thing that they could be able to buy them. I just think that it needs to be a lot harder. They can't just have it easy. I don't know. Am I am I overthinking things? Am I overanalyzing? That's what, let me know. Maybe, maybe me. we're not. Maybe we're not. It's it's just something some some different holes that you know. Again, they pop up. They pop up from here uh, now and then. And again, with uh, how everything is running, I'm surprised that something maybe was uh, maybe in these talks, Brisson and Hickman uh, didn't. Oh, oh well, yeah, I, something must have sort of happened there. I think between all of this, but I, I do find it interesting. Uh, the, the cartel is at least believable enough for me to think about them as a threat, uh, which is you know, again like you know, mutant family and hostage. They're threatening, like they got this big pink guy who's trying to rummage things. Again, they're 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 believable enough for me to actually think about them and care more for the characters that we're supposed to care for. So, but yeah, at the end of the day, I'm not I'm not trying to overthink it. It's like, all right, it's a decent pass. Like I'll take it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but that's just a little tiny note that doesn't even mess up the story or the narrative or anything like that because it makes a lot of sense they uh, these cartel guys need to be able to take out the new mutants you know what i mean so there you go but i just you guys x office put something somewhere in an x-men issue or something where there is a organization that's just spreading around this tech that's all i ask that's all i ask but let's talk about Let's talk about these these twins, the 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 uh, the white twins, as you like to call them. They they are empathic. Is that correct? That's their actual powers. Yeah, it's it's crazy. All right, so we got Manon, and we got Maxime. They're cool. I actually on on Discord, guys, you can make emotes. One of them salutes, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm here." I, I, that, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but what Manon, what Maxime and Manon uh, can do. Uh, yeah, they, they've they've got sort of some weird men memory manipulation. At least that's from what I've read of them in Extermination by Ed Brisson. These characters were both by Ed Brisson, which I find it really interesting. Uh, they can give people memories and can control when people can get said memories, which is part of their weird memory slot thing. And yeah, they can both mind control stuff too. So they've both got manipulation. Well, if, what I'm... 
one does memories and one manipulates um, emotions. And so working together, they could give someone a memory of 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 a event and then make them mad about it or make them sad about it or make them happy right. about it. So Maxime is yeah, so Maxime guys is the one who can control the emotions of those around him. So if he's feeling something that he wants you to feel, he can pass it on to you and then his twin man man is able to manipulate the mind and they both work off like it's cool. I I I find it intriguing. It's cool. I think if you can yeah, powers like that, and sometimes they can be used as plot devices, and granted that does happen. Uh, it's just cool to have the twins like that that can work in unison, kind of like uh, North Star and Aurora. I'm, I'm trying to think of other twins in my head. Like, work powers that work with each other and can work well. Uh, what, are the, what are the electric electrical guys? Uh, Minos and Minos from... Minos from, and Menos. Uh, Masi Menos from Teen Titans, sort of something like that, I think would be... an Almost yes. equal equivalent. That's another good one. Um, how, uh, the Wonder Twins. How the about Wonder the Wonder Twins, Twins right that, there? Right? We're forgetting about the Wonder Twins in, in this series. But yeah, I think it's cool that we have these two twins that can work off each other. And even though they were only in this one story, uh, it's uh, it's just really cool that we have them. But before we go on talking about Boom Boom, uh, Glob, and what happens with the, with the Bohusk family... We'll be back with a sponsored message. Domovex, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. To my podcast listeners, The Grand Geekery is the best show for all news on pop culture, as well as a diversified variety of segments, conventions, and everything nerdy. Hosted by our very own Tyler McPhail and with Lamar Harris, the show runs twice a month and is available on all platforms. Please go ahead and check it out at The Grand Geek Gathering or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, guys. Welcome back to The Domovex Show. Uh, where we talk again about Marvel's famous mutants, the X-Men, now in Krakoa, where we got new mutants running along here. We already covered Armor, why we love her, and what the whole situation is with the mutants now in hostage, because Cartel is attacking from the back. I lo- It's interesting because Boom Boom, I don't know, I have no idea what your thoughts are on about her as a character. She's fun. I think, like, at the most part, I like the way... That, it's an interesting way to introduce to, uh, us to her because now she's older, she can get drunk. What are, Do you know what drinking laws are like? Can we... Let's theorize about this first. What are drinking laws like in Krakoa? Because we ha- here, we have them set at 21 years old. Is it 21 under 2 as well, do you think? Or do you think that they... Because they don't... Ha- I don't think they have anything like that. They could just go unsupervised just drinking whatever they want. Yeah, you know... That's an interesting thought. Um, well, I definitely think it's definitely a rule that your powers have to at least manifest before you can start drinking. You know what I mean? Uh, when you're when you're going to be a native-born Krakoan, that's probably definitely going to be something that's going to be brought up. However, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I I feel like they would still do twenty-one only because the whole reason that uh, it's twenty-one in America is because that's when your brain actually is finished like developing. So it's important to like give yourself your brain that long to develop and do that. That's the whole idea behind the twenty-one drinking age in the first place. But you know, there's other countries that do eighteen, sixteen, even. Uh, But Krakoa, we only have three laws in Krakoa, and none of them involve drinking. That's the thing. So maybe there isn't. So that's an interesting. Maybe there isn't a drinking age on Krakoa. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, uh, if they die of alcohol poison, they can just be resurrected. Or if they get too sick, they can just go to the countless amount of mutants that can help them. You know, right? Hey, you know what? You can. So what Dylan is essentially saying is that if you are a mutant on Krakoa, just go ahead and get get try to get drunk like Boom Boom. Like if you're at the party, the way you're get trashed. <laughs> get trashed like yeah boom boom just 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 drinking all the whiskey she can as she's talking with Mm -hmm. with pixie and then she gets drunk and hey i i I like the way that she so as the cartel essentially holds the new mutants hostage well boom boom is uh well she gets back with sage again sage is just like i'm busy I got work. What do you need? <laughs> and yeah, they're not back yet. But hey, like I'm, I'm doing over this here, whatever. Uh, 
I, I also like the way that Sage just like runs off all of the different uh, codenames Tabitha has had for her entire existence. Boom Boom, Meltdown, Firecracker, Time Bomb. Boom. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Uh, boomer. 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 Okay. Not one person has said okay boomer to her, by the way, which I'm very disappointed. That's like low hanging fruit, I know, but come on guys. Let's see, let's see that. <laughs> let's see that in some dialogue moving forward in New Mutants. Oh my gosh. Well regardless, uh we got a gate, she gets into the gate. I love that I actually love the splash panel. Uh when she comes back and she's there to save the day. And she's just She's just there, and she saves it, and the cars explode, and she's drinking a bottle. Yeah, very, of a very subtle, very subtle tick, tick, tick. You see that, and you're like, what's that? And then boom, and you're like, oh, I know who that is. Here comes yeah. Boom Boom with the explosion behind her, the alcohol bottle, the zero fucks given. You know, that's that's the Boom Boom we've grown to love, and, and that's, that's one of my favorite kind of things that she does. You know, you could say a lot of trash about... X-Men Evolution, but they did give us Boom Boom. Gave us some some visual Boom Boom there. Yeah, it's like... Let's just get... Yeah, we need some Krakoan adaptation and, and actually have yes. that like animated. That would be cool. That would be slick. And Boom Boom just comes in. You see a bunch of cars explode. Have Michael... Ba- I don't know. That, that's, go- that's going way too over the line and off topic, but... No, do not... No, no. Marvel, <laughs> do not give... Any X-Men property to Michael Bay, okay? I am sorry. Unless he could direct it, okay? But you have Hickman write the script, all right? That's that's where I'll meet in the middle. I'm totally okay. You have Hickman write the script, and then Michael Bay do all the cinematography and explosions and everything? Okay, now we're talking. Now we're on, now we're on to something. Because right. Michael Bay's biggest problem is his writing. Like, let's be real, guys. That's true. His, his cinematography, his special effects, his ideas of action are great. I don't care what anyone says. They're great. It's his writing that has the problems, you know? But we're not That's... talking about Michael Bay right now. We're talking about them going after this cartel and and not and taking care of them. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. This, but, is, the, this is prime but there was there was some... Sh- there was some there was some problems though. They did end up having casualties, and they weren't mutants, were they? No, they weren't. That's the yeah, that's the unfortunate part. And so, like, man, we got this is the guy you got missed. You got the dad, all right. You got the freaking father, literally blown to bits. And it is like, cause they cause they come on and they're like, we can't go in Krakoa because we're trying to tend. My dad's dying. And then all of a sudden, you got the main man, you got the head of the cartel. He's like, I got him under my control, what are you going to do? And just splat, boom, oh, he's dead. And it's an, it's an unfortunate part. And he can't get resurrected. It's It stinks. It actually stinks. Yeah, but, you know, it needed to happen. And, you know, I, I liked the outcome. They go and visit... Um, beak in in the healing pits of Krakoa, and they all seem very happy. And they're like, "I can't believe you're you're so happy right now." What? You're with your dad just died. What? My dad died years ago. And then that's when Armor realized, right then and there. Uh oh. Uh oh. Who? Who? Let me know. Who gave them these memories? Who changed their mind about things? Who made them completely forget? That their mother and father were murdered in front of their eyes. I'll give you a hint. Two little white mutants with empathic powers. See, that's that's actually the part I I find interesting. This this leads me to question. How messed up can Krakoa get under? Because this is... Man, that's, that's sort of messed up, isn't it? Like, Armor is asking these two little dudes, like... Yo, like, what happened with Beak? Why does he not remember all of this? Because as as a part of Resurrection, you're supposed to upload the previous husk. Or, or try to, yeah, try to, excuse me. You are supposed to make sure that, you know, when they're healed and all of that, everything's still intact, or for the most part. The fact that these two twisted Beak's mind to think that his dad was dead. Like, his parents were dead. 
that kind of questions again the, the ethical premise of the island itself and and how much freedom you are given as a mutant under all of this brand new authority right and but you know they were they were chastised they were kind of like had their they had their hands slapped for that because it's not okay. They're messing with, as Armour said, mutant rights. Like, their intentions were good. Like, they wanted them to just, like, they, they, they all had the feeling that they still mourned them. They still know that they died. But they, they, so, but they just don't want it to be so soon. They want them to enjoy paradise while they they just got here. They don't want to be sitting there crying and worrying about, you know, their parents that just died, you know, but man, it, it does question like, how are they going to deal with these kinds of things? You know, is there, are things like this going to be reversed and bigger question, is this going to come up later? Is this something that's going to come up and be an issue in the, in, in new mutants later? You know, maybe in the middle of a fight, beak is out there fighting with, with, uh, with armor and then all of a sudden the memories come back and he's like oh my god oh my god you know i just realized you know or what if they get what like you said what if they get resurrected and then now they're gonna have both memories you know we don't know and that's that's what's really cool about this era because anything and everything is possible anything indeed is possible and the ramifications of something as serious as brainwashing emotional changing and all of this Again, it questions, it gives into question the dubiousness and the, the double standards that Krakoa could possibly have. And we, it, it's going to come up. The dubiousness, again, it's in most, if not all of these mutant books, that there is something underlying here that we do not know about. And that, it, that the fact that, again, it's being free and being unenforced is a question of ethics that is for sure going to pop up. I believe in in this series and overall the entire X line. This is not something small that, even with someone as inconsequential as Beak, is is just not going to get left on the table. It's got to be. It's going to be. There's going to be something I think down the line that'll get this back up running again. Definitely, definitely, and it might happen after Beak dies in battle. You know, hopefully, hopefully it's something like that. Hopefully, it's not like in the middle of something. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if he's like. You know, in the middle of like hooking up with his wife, and it comes back to him right then and there. That would be terrible. That'd be horrible. Could you imagine that that scene? No. Oh not. gosh. But moving yeah. on. Let's move moving, on to the on. the second sort of weird sort of storyline where we have magic, and again, the almost all of the regular squad that we have on here with an actual decent or what I sort of expect from a new mutant storyline. Because as the book says, these are new mutants. Granted, not everyone here is a new mutant, but we should be having, in my opinion, a generation of mutants every single time down the line to foster up the next generation. Whether it's, again, your older guys from the Sunspot, the Wolf's Bane, uh, the Cannonball Era, or Generation X with Cypher, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Chamber, and all of those peeps. We need new peeps, I think in every single generation of mutants and we actually have a brand new mutant who's who came into this sort of three four issue story arc uh, again written by brisson and an arc done by uh, flaviano yeah and right off the bat okay and i was i was talking to to dominic earlier about this this story this Four, three issues, three issue story, three, three issue, issue story. story really encapsulate what the new mutant books are about. Because at the core of new mutant books, it's not about teen angst. It's not about like trying to figure out your place on it's, it's not about <clears throat> cut all that. It's not about teen angst. It's about mutants getting their powers manifested and the problems it causes from that because they have no control and in some cases they're really out of control powers and they need to be able to handle that. That's true. That is completely true. And again, we have all the the newbies here are the people who started in the first issues here. We got we still have Boom Boom, still have Armor, still have all of them, but we also have the people who came from space. We got Mirage, we got Chamber, we got magic 
And see, all right, all right, this is gonna be a quick, quick two minutes. Okay, quick two minutes. But I, I am really happy that we got Captain Commander action. Yes. Okay. On in in this issue or in this storyline, my boy Psych, not his boy, but my boy Psych and Magic <laughs> uh, talk with each other just about what what's happening. And I, I, I kind of. My hot take is I actually kind of enjoy these scenes more than than the quiet council meeting because it gives you a well for one because Cyclops is in it and I love anything Cyclops and two, um, it's just cool to see again like we've said before it's cool to see these captains these these generals talk about strategy and what's happening and how they're going to tackle the problems at hand and and what's going on there. Right, like kind of like a war room kind of situation, like, you know, bureaucratic kind of Senate chamber of commerce kind of talking stuff is it it gets boring and dry. But like war room stuff, you know, protocols, like how are we going to handle the situation? How should like that stuff is awesome. And I I agree. I love the conversation that they had. You know what I'm saying? I would like to let everyone know I'm not a Cyclops hater. Okay, I do respect Cyclops. I just am. Not a big fan, that's all, okay? You're either a filthy or a bloody. It's just, that's science, okay? I was born this way, okay? I can't help it. It just works like that, doesn't it? I, I like, I, but seriously, guys, like, whenever you have a chance to read the general stuff or, like, the how we're going... Because at the end of the day, like, yeah, politics are cool and I like that interesting life. Because, the, again, the Quiet Council scenes are cool. Like, when I, when I see them talking in a room... Okay, the politics behind it, everything's going to operate there, cool. But guess what? This is X-Men. These, we, I reread these books because they're action books. We got fights. We got stuff going on. You need your fighters out there. You want your action out there. That's why I tend to enjoy these scenes with Psyche, with Gorgon, with Magic, with Bishop, all talking to each other and saying like, yo, how do we exemplify this? What's happening here? And Magic's all like, you know... We got we got into space. Uh, we did some stuff. We and I'm and Psych's like okay, but yeah, we heard I heard of the stuff in Nebraska. How are we gonna operate whatever's going on? I, I enjoy that stuff. I think t- just a tad bit more than the people in a room talking about uh, when is our next drug investment gonna come in. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you know what? Before we dive too deep on the ru- the faux Russian stuff that we're going to. Let's talk about the Sebastian Shaw scene, which once again reinforces the fact that he is a dirtbag, but he's here for Krakoa and mutants. Wouldn't you say? Oh, man. Like, it's clear that... See, it's weird, man. Because we thought... When we when we discussed Marauders, it, we thought that this guy was just a sleazeball. He didn't care for the island. He just wants him for, like... Just wants it for himself because he's big, he's full of himself, he's got an ego. He's got all of this going on behind him because he's Sebastian Shaw and he's a he's a douche. Like it, It's as simple as that. But now you're like, oh, okay. He just he wants to see Krakoa prosper as well. And yeah, it might be for his own benefit. But he also recognizes that there's something bigger and that if he can have a little bit of that beer in as well, he'll take it. But he wants to share that beer uh, with with all of his or most of his Krakoans, I should say, because his opinion, I think, on Kate hasn't changed. But most of them, so most of the Krakoans, he's, he's still you know, doing at least some service to. Yes, yes, and just the way he takes them out, like yeah, they're cartel. He could walk up in there, whoop all their asses, take all their guns, make them kill each other, whatever he wants to do. But he's like, yo. I'm going to do you the solid. I'm going to do you the hardest that you could possibly do. I'm taking away your money. I'm taking away your power. Have fun with that, bruh. Peace. And he just drops the mic and gets out of there. That's true. It's true. And yeah, we, again, all the interconnectivity and how this all ties in makes it feel, makes this book feel like it's not just pushed off to a small sector of the X universe. It it's It's talking with all the other books and you get to see people like we had Sage in. We, now we have Sebastian Shaw, and then you again you have Cyclops now in this book. So, again, the all the characters coming in and and guest starring is just a fun tip off saying, hey, like we have other mutants and they're part of here too. That's that's awesome, and we need more of that. But we need to talk first about the Ruski 
Or not the Ruski. I keep thinking that they're Ruski because Dimitri is... <laughs> right. Dimitri well, it's, is like... it's Eastern European. They're Eastern European, you know? Indeed. It's... it's uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just say for that reason, it's Eastern European. It is a, it is a different nation called uh, Cornelia, which is near Rus- Russia anyways. But yes, we're Eastern European. Which sounds European. like carnage, kind of. Which sounds like carnage, kind of, as Glob says. As the Blob has said. Um, but yeah, like they immediately run into trouble. And there's a brand new mutant. And, and the art gets crazy. The art gets crazy, but I actually sort of like it. Because you get the insanity of what the new mutants are actually going through. And again, it's not, oh man, I'm a teen and I, I'm going through... No, it's not that. It's like, it's action. It's fun, pure action. And Flaviano just kills it. I like it. Definitely, definitely. Oh, I, 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 okay. So I don't think we have a name for this mutant yet. We do. I really, really, we do have a mutant. Oh, do. right. Cornelia. No, her Cosmar, 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 Cosmar. And does that mean anything? Do we know if it means something or is it just kind of like just an actual name from Eastern Europe? No, it doesn't. The last time I checked... Yeah, no, it, it doesn't mean anything. For as far as I'm concerned, it's just it's just Cosmar, yeah. Interesting. I love I love the way she looks. Uh, I've been looking at that the cover of that issue for months at the comic book store, and I was just wondering what it was. And now and then when I see it in there, I was like, wow, I thought it was like some weird artistic rendition of it, but it's not. That's literally how she looks. Super trippy and crazy looking with the big eye and the braces, and just all of it was just really, really. Just everything about her was awesome. And the idea of her power, like more reality shifting powers, you know? I like, I love the cover to issue 10 where it was her and at her teeth, she's got the braces all up onwards. But on the braces are all of the new mutants heads and they're all like surprised or like they're in danger. That was a really cool cover. Great job, Mike Del Mundo. I love your stuff. That was really cool. It's like trippy. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, by the skin of their teeth, she's got them under her control. And yeah, again, those fight scenes were really cool. Like seeing the Mew Mutants get under distress, like Mirage getting into her, or Mirage and Karma getting into their like, oh my gosh, I'm dreaming and this is all happening. It's crazy, but... How about Mondo? Like- How about Mondo using Armor's power? That was a cool thing. And not and also bringing the mutant liberation front back. Oh my oh. god, I was not ready for that. I was like, Wild Side's back, and and with the MLF and and they're back. All right, you know what? Again, more characters you bring into the X universe, I think the better. Because again, it, it's you just need them. I like it be all being part of this one giant sector and having the MLF back in, like officially in, and them getting Wild Side for help. It is really cool stuff. Like MLF and NM or the mutants working together. That's dope. It's, it's really cool to see all of that. Before we before we get into the final the final issue to kind of wrap the whole uh, first uh, couple arcs of this story of the new mutants Brissom style, let's talk about mutants we want to see moving forward. What's mutants we haven't seen that we want to see? And I'll tell you right now, there is one that I'm super excited for and I feel like I feel it in my bones he's coming in in Reign of X and that's Random. Are you are you familiar with Random? Random? I have not read much of Marshall Stone. That's I believe that's his name. I want to see more of him. I think I really want to see more of him in the Reign of X stuff. I think he's going to have a can we? Can I say it? No, I can't say it. But yeah, I. Why do you want to see Random Dylan? Is there a certain question point, or or what? What is it out of him that you want to see more? Well, first of all, he's a Peter David creation, so you already know he's awesome. Um, next, I actually grew up having his toy, and it was one of my favorites. I still have the action figure. It's one of my favorite action figures. Okay. And it's really awesome. He he has the ability to turn his arm into a cannon and shoot energy blasts from it. Like, that's just cool. I'm sorry. Like, that's just cool. And so I'm really excited to kind of see him and see how the Hickman and the X office will play with him. Because, like, what what could they do with it? Like, they've, they've brought in so many characters back and done so many awesome things with these random characters that, like... 
what, what what could we he do with them? What could he do with them? But what about you? What's a mutant? I know you're not super deep into Marvel for for the main part, but what what kind of mutants are you looking forward to that we haven't seen that you want to see? Can I get some Warpath action? I think that because Warpath used to be a part of the, of the new mutants, I actually kind of like this in the fact that they had some native americans actually on the mutant team we first had we first had it with mirage danny moonstar and the fact they had another one james and and him being a former hellion i actually read went back and read some of the stuff with the hellions because i was so deep in the hellions and and i was like yo this warpath guy is pretty cool he's like uh his uh yo, uh older brother thunderbird uh, I, I would like to see him in this new mutants run which i believe we will be getting from uh, Vida Ayala and, and Rod Reyes soon. So that is one person I'm really excited to look forward. I look forward to in as far as the New Mutant stuff is concerned. He has been brought up. His name has been dropped on quite a few occasions. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. And in case you don't know, guys, he's a ripped Native American with two big ass Bowie knives, and he just goes to town. The first time I actually read some Warpath action was in the Yost. Um, what's it called? The Yost X X Force that were that was during which, Genosha era. That which we that, will be covering, and, guys. We were we. I want to yes. cover X Force by Yost and Kyle. It sounds lit. Oh anyways, my god! Anyways, so anyways you can continue with the Warpath story. <laughs> yeah, and he's just a badass. He's a badass. He he has you know he he's got really good depth to his character. And I just, I, I can't wait to see him. He was in the uh, that one gifted show, that random X-Men show that they had for a while on NBC. Right. Uh, right, right. Which, by the way, it's definitely something you guys should watch. And I like to think of it as being two shows in one. Because A, one, you have this amazing thing with all the mutants. You have all the great mutant powers and the mutant drama and everything they have to deal with. But then on the other hand, you have all this like, you know family drama and BS and, you know, sit couch TV with your family kind of stuff. And that stuff is honestly, I'm going to tell you the truth. It's God awful. It's just crap. It's just so bad, but you, you deal with it, deal with it because the mutant stuff is so cool. And they only had like, I believe like two seasons, one, one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really short. It was really, really short. Yeah. And it has your girl Polaris in it. So does. Yeah. I, we should, you know what? There is one more thing before we get on break, guys. There is one more thing that I actually do want to talk about. This is sort of a mini meeting. Can we do? I want to cook <laughs> the the glob vegetarian lasca yes. recipe sometime. That needs to be yes. a full. I swear, video. I was going to say the same thing to you. I was going to say when I saw the recipe, I was like, "Oh my god, here's a stream right here. We're going to do this, bro. Like for we sure. To, I'm we so should. down." I, I want, you know what, Glob seems like an excellent cook, and we'll talk more about him when we get to the last issue, but this this right here, I was like, my friend texted it to me, because he's reading New Mutants Along, and he was like, hey, Tom, did you did you see the Lasker recipe? And I was like, what Lasker recipe? So I went on, I went to, of course, your guys' store, read the book, and I was like, oh, so we got a Lasker recipe on. That is a video that, well, hopefully a thing that we can do sometime, because it looks actually looks really nice it actually looks really nice instructions are all here the fact that brison and and uh, x-men co actually had a recipe in the x book that is flat out amazing it's like all right they're, they're right. really going along with this info hey might as well if we have an infographic maker and thank god for tom Mueller, like might as well use it for something <laughs> right if it's not Yo, pros, uh, and it's not it wasn't so it wasn't like a shock to see it either. Like when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, awesome! About time we get some recipes and some stuff like that." You know, we've had we've seen diary excerpts, we've seen text message threads, we've seen emails, we've seen documents, we've seen just so much what, stuff. So yeah, like we've seen whatever the heck Hickman like, does. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we got whatever. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, um, yeah. So, anyways, guys, Laska. And the final issue of Burson's New Mutants is going to come up. But before that, uh, let's take another quick break to talk more about how awesome the Granky Gathering is. We'll be right back after these messages. In a world where all the largest pop figures in life are superheroes with capes, how about all the creators and characters who don't fill the spotlight as large as the others? What if I told you 
that there was an awesome podcast dedicated to the best creator-owned comics out there. Guys, Indie Comics is a show specified for all your indie comics needs. Self-publishers, branched-off creators, and small company powerhouses all come into play with them. Please go check out their show on the Grand Geek Gathering and all podcast platforms. That is, again, Indie Comics. Guys, welcome back to the Dom of X after that quick little message you a Dewey. I am back. Dom is back. Dylan's back. We're talking about the last issue of Brisson's New Mutants, uh, a magic glob centered issue. And I think, and this and issue 13, which we covered in uh, the Ten of Swords episodes, this was a really well written issue. And I, I actually felt emotions from this. It's essentially, guys, a, a glob, again, it's a glob magic centered issue talking about the specific focus on what it means to sort of be oppressed be just be just had that bullying slash persecution on you especially from a media group and as we figure out here it's called docs uh, essentially just ramaging on uh, the mutants for being mutants uh, it is well done um, and it actually made me feel stuff uh, it's again it's a really really well written issue you have you have just you just have Glob going through some stuff, and you feel for him. You feel for Magic, and you you just get him, uh, just talking about oh, this again. This one one domineering group who's obsessed with mutants, and you yeah you get him. Yeah, and talk about modernizing some stuff here. Like obviously there would be like an internet site that's out there posting where these people where mutants are what they're up to all that kind of stuff to like push internet trolls to be trolls it's literally a group like how what else are you going to fight in modern day if you're not fighting trolls you know what i'm saying i thought it was a really brilliant thing that they brought to the the x-men this time and i i i was really happy with it and i'm to tell you the truth i was a little Though Glob had a really, really good monologue, really good scene, really good kind of moment, I was upset that none of these guys got murdered. I'm sorry. I want to see these docs fools murdered. And on camera, I want them to know. It's it's weird, too. because Well, not weird, but just more in the fact that we both know that you can't kill humans. Yeah, it's been outlawed. Uh, but I would have loved to see that, that sword go through something, that, that magic sword go through something instead of just leaving it out on there. Uh, but but Glob, yeah, he does he does get that that moment of sweet, uh, sweet revenge. And again, this this monologue of saying, you know, all my life I've had to deal with uh, you guys who've looked down on us, who've, who've thought of us as different. You know, all the people who didn't believe in in the fact that mutants and humans could peacefully coexist, and all these humans who who were scared or who were, who believed that mutants were bad in all of this and, and just went out of his way to, it's, it's, yeah, it's just a really well-written monologue. Uh, no more, like when Magneto said in House of X that no more would humans hate us and no more of this, you feel it from Glob too. You get the sense of, he's just tired of this stuff and he just wants to, just wants to move on with his life. Like, let's not, have him, you know, let's not track every single one of his movements or have him pinned or using humans as bargaining chips. He just wants to be left alone. He wants to, for once in his life, breathe. And you get why. You get why because of this issue. Yeah, no, I was not expecting to hear that he grew up a mutant hater. Uh, that was a really interesting kind of thing. And just the whole idea that he literally just got dropped off at Xavier School and said... Don't ever call me again by his mother was a really powerful and really just emotional moment. Like I feel for him because, like he said, like at the time I was sad, but like I I realized I grew up and I realized why. And like I even was there and I was self hating and hating where I was at. And I realized this is where I need to be, you know. And he has just through all the hate been such a loving person, you know. And it. it it's fun, like, it's crazy how some things can be like that. You know, sometimes when people are, are in that environment, they just become the worst version of that. And in some cases, they become the complete opposite. And I thought it was really awesome that Glob became the opposite and a really, really just good person. And yeah, like, Magic, when she's all, 
you know, and when when she comforts him and when when she's there to understand the pain that that Glob's going through. And and by the way, guys, Glob is awesome. I I don't want to hear that Glob isn't because he's awesome. Uh, when Magic says that, you know, her, her his anger only showed how deeply he actually cared for the thing. Because that's the one thing too. Uh, staying silent on stuff like this, especially when you're again you're going through some stuff, it's like you don't want to. Riling up a lot of anger, I think, in yourself is sort of unhealthy for the soul. And the fact that Glob was able to not only uh, talk to Magic about it, but in Ileana, being there for comfort, being there to make sure that she was near him and, and, and helping him throughout and listening to him, too, and understanding what, what was going on and, and the the two hugging. Again, it's it's awesome character moments like these where I'm just like, yeah, it's it's what I want from an X Men comic. It's what I want from a New Mutants comic. It's it's what I want from a comic. Like you you fall in love with these characters, and want to see them survive and and thrive and 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 be happy. At the end of the day, it's it's all about that. Yeah, at the heart, like someone that looks like Glob, like literally a a Glob and with bones and 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 organs. It's really nice to see him just want to not only be a good person for himself, but be a good person for the world, you know? Right. And, and, and him understanding and, and knowing about, you know, again, all these things. And, and man, it's like, uh, you, feel, you feel what Glob is growing through. Um, and and we, we actually you know, I just dedicate the Laska to Glob for what he's out there. But yeah, I hope that we get to see more of him as the series continues on. Uh, and... Yeah, so he's just feeding the chicken and under and going through all the stuff. It's it's something that you just you just feel for. Uh, it's it's again it's just a really well written issue. Uh, and and yeah, when those tears fall, uh, you you can't but help but but feel for the guy and all the pain he's gone through. And and yeah, we don't need uh, stuff like docs out there. And the, I I kind of like the uh, again the the like the way that you sort of metaphorize it with uh, how troll groups are nowadays with the, with the media and all that. Uh, just really good stuff from Brisson. Yeah, no. Um, once again, round of applause, standing ovation, uh, sh- air horn noises, everything to the X office. You guys, once again, are always just putting out the best stuff in comic books today. I don't care what anyone says. Across the board, you guys are doing the best. And keep it up, seriously. Whether or not you guys are listening to this now, keep up the good work. I'm sending it out to the universe. I'm manifesting my good intentions towards you guys. Indeed. And and with that, we I just want to let you guys know again that the podcast email is up at domovexpodcast at gmail.com. That's at domovexpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, for literally anything you guys have, just please send it in. And And next week... The Ten of Swords tournament ends. We're going to be covering what Cyclops and the Amazing Summers family are doing here on the island of Krakoa and helping out. What's what's going on there as, as Dylan rolls his eyes again. Uh, and also, we'd like to thank the Grand Geek Gathering and them awesome peeps for hosting this wonderful and amazing podcast. And literally a whole bunch of other amazing podcasts as well, guys go check them out i don't even need to say you've heard me say it a bunch of times before go check them out guys at the com. that's at the com. and dylan uh, thank you for talking about armor glob boom boom and their awesome friends with me here on on the podcast again it's awesome to always have you as my guest host yes uh, here on the domvex and i would and i would like to not only thank you but i would also like to take the time to thank our listeners. We don't have a ton of listeners. It's a very niche podcast with a, with a couple nobodies. But the the stuff, just all the, the good reviews you guys leave us, all the nice words you say in our comments and in our DMs and stuff, it really means a lot to us. It keeps us going through this stuff. Uh, I mean, obviously, we'd be reading this stuff anyways, but it's good to know that people want to hear what we have to say in our coverage. And uh, thank you guys from the bottom of our heart, and we'll we'll keep putting out the good works for you every week. Every single week, guys. And we will always, again, again, thank you guys so much for listening. We love y'all. And be on the island of Krakoa the next time with Professor Dom and Dylan on the next episode. We'll see you next time, guys.